0: So for the next three weeks we are going to be talking about uh, um, some unsung heroes in the Bible. These are people that occupy not a lot of uh, text, they don't have a lot of scripture around them but they make a big impact on their world. And uh, these are not unlike people in our own world that make a big impact, They, they often go nameless, their stories go untold other than to those who know them. And so I thought it was a good time to talk about those people in our own lives that make a big impact and, and uh, 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 impact the entire community, or even the lives of just one. Today, we're going to talk about a woman named Tabitha. She is found in the Book of Acts, and uh, she is a woman who liked to take care of others. She was what uh, our choir said, uh, those who like to serve, right? And they've been singing all these service songs today. Without her devotion, uh, many of whom she served would have been pushed aside. Unrecognized in the world, they would have been nameless, and they would have been very vulnerable within their society. But under her watch, she took care of them in a very specific way. But then something happened. Tabitha fell ill. She became sick, and then she died. So we're going to hear her story today from Acts. Uh, The ninth chapter, and I left my Bible down here. i got to get it. The ninth chapter, verses 36 through 42. Listen now to what Luke has to tell us about this woman named Tabitha. Now, in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At the time she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, who heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him with this request Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, He took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and he said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat down, she sat up. He gave her his hand and he helped her up. Then, calling the saints and the widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. This is the word of God for God's people. Thanks be to God. Be to God. Now, Joppa, Joppa is this bustling city on the coast, out uh, about 33 miles from Jerusalem. And uh, it is out there on the Mediterranean Sea, it is a seaport, trades go through there, all kinds of goods and services go through there. It uh, is a, this community is a community of Jesus, of Jewish Jesus followers. There, there's no Christian church as of yet, they are Jewish people who follow after the master called Jesus Christ, we are learning from him. And Peter has been going about this entire region, checking on these pockets of Jesus' followers. And, uh, and they, he's been checking on them. They're actually called believers of the way. Now, Luke doesn't tell us much about Tabitha, okay? He doesn't tell us whether she's young or whether she's old, whether she's rich or whether she's poor whether she's single or married or even if she might be one of the widows that she serves. We don't know if she has children or she doesn't have children. What we do know is that she is devoted. Devoted to acts of goodness and charity and good works is what we know. We know also that her death has impacted the community. Impacted it so much that they decide to call in Peter to come. And when Peter arrives, he finds these widows at her bed, the people that she served. And I only imagine that they're, that they're weeping. It says they're weeping. This is the kind of weeping, that, that crying in the gut of your, of your stomach, the kind that, that uh, um, the Gospels tell us that uses the same word when Jesus wept for his friend Lazarus. That kind that takes your breath away, that kind that grips you, that kind of ugly cry. And they are weeping, and when they see Peter, they begin to tell him about Tabitha. Who is this woman? How she, how she sewed these garments for us to, to wear. How she clothed us. He, she, they showed him her wares, her gifts, her devotion. They shared her devotion with him. Now, what I found myself doing as I was reading this particular uh, passage this week, I wondered about Peter's role. When the two disciples go to the the sistering town, it's really very close, Lida is very close to Jaffa. When they go there, they tell him, this woman has died. He does not know this woman. Won't you come? And he immediately, without question, goes. So i myself asking, I wonder if he thought he might be going to officiate a funeral because by this time he knows that she has died. Or is he going because he he has been healing others, he wonders if he might be able to heal her, or better yet, resurrect her. Or I wonder if maybe Peter has had this this kind of contentious relationship at times with the widows in his community. Just two chapters before, uh, he and the other apostles came under scrutiny because they were not taking care of the widows who came to the mills. And so they, they formed a group around Stephen who helped to take care of the widows. So I wonder if his, his uh, relationship was to go and to care for the widows to show that he supports them in a significant kind of way. And then I found myself saying, maybe this isn't even a story about Peter. Maybe this isn't even a story about Tabitha. Maybe it's a story about healing, healing an entire community through the acts of devotion of a single person. You see Tabitha was important to the believers in Joppa because she practiced this radical hospitality for those who as I mentioned might be unnamed might be pushed to the margins might be overlooked and dismissed in society she saw more she sought to more than just their welfare if she were a rich woman she could simply Use her resources to make sure that these women were cared for. But we know that her her, um, engagement with them is deeper because of the way they wept. If someone is your benefactor, when they die, you might be sad. But if you weep intentionally, you weep with that deep guttural weep, then you know it is because they had a relationship with you in a significant way. And so whatever Tabitha did with her clothing, with her tunics, to weave these threads of hospitality together, it impacted these women in such a way that they grieved bitterly. She also must have had relationship with the community, or the death of one woman would not have made a difference for the whole community to circle around and call Peter to come. And these women that she served, they had nothing to return to Tabitha but their tears on that day. I think about Mother Teresa and how people would ask her, why do you continue to serve those who can't give back to society in any significant way? And and she always held up five fingers. She says, because Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. These early Christians, the widows of Joppa, had nothing to return to their community but the witness to the devotion of this woman named Tabitha. The one who had sewn these beautiful, intricate weaves of of hospitality, not only in the clothing that that they wore, but also in the life that they shared together. And evidently, that devotion impacted not only them, but the entire community. And as, as, Pete, as uh, Luke says, it impacted them so that when her story was told, many came to believe. Army veteran Burnell Cottlin lives in the Lower Ninth Ward of New Orleans. He came there in 2007, two years after Katrina, after he was uh, out of the service. And when he got there, he he saw his home community that used to be about 15,000 people in number and businesses and services in the community blown away. The devastation, the waters had received, but the devastation was still there. It was a virtual food desert. There was no services and no foods available to those who still live in the Lower Ninth Ward. And so he began to think, if they can't even get food, the food was the city over, was a Walmart, took three buses to get there, okay? So he said, I need to do something. His heart went out, so he took his entire life savings and he bought this old, dilapidated building. A building that needed plumbing, needed wiring, it needed painting, it needed shelves, and he opened a grocery store. A grocery store not only that stocked goods, dry goods, rice, canned goods, but also had fresh items like bread and fresh fruits and vegetables. And over the next 12 years, he began little by little to add more businesses into that building. There's a barber shop. There's a, a sweet shop. And there's a, just recently, he's added a laundromat that people don't pay for other than to buy their uh, cleaning supplies at a reduced cost to wash their clothes. You see, he invested himself into that community, and that community has responded in faith. He, he tells the story about his customers that come to the store and how they are, they are faithful, how they are always honest for the most part, and how they are engaged in each other's lives. And he talks about how tough Katrina was and how hard the rebuilding is, but he says it's nothing, nothing at all like the shutdown of COVID-19. You see, most of the people in his community which are low income and working class individuals have jobs within the hospitality industry and the food industry. And when New Orleans shut down, that was the first to go and those jobs were the first to go. He recalls the day uh, a, mother, a grandmother came into his store. She picked up a gallon of milk, loaf of bread, some baloney and a couple of candy bars. She walked up to the cash register and they were exchanging pleasantries and talking about the day and the grandkids. And when the toll was rung up, she swiped her card and it didn't cover it. And she began to cry. Against everything he practiced with regards to masking and caring for his fellow uh, citizens, he stepped around behind the counter, and he gave her a hug. And then he pulled out a spiral notebook, and he began a ledger, putting down her name and the credit for her. And this, and this ledger grew over the next four months. It now represents many people in his community, $3,000 worth in just four months of foods and goods that he has given to them. He looks back at it and he sees that there's a couple of lines through names. Those are the people who have passed away from COVID-19 and other ailments. You see, what Burnell has, according to one of the people that visits his barber shop, is, is this ability to bring light into the community, a sense of hope into the community and he does it by giving everything that he has. He returns everything but a meager living back into the businesses that he hopes one day will improve the lower ninth ward so that they might have an opportunity to catch up with the rest of the city by bringing in goods and services and people to make their lives better. Both Tabitha, and Burnell. For both of them, the crux of their devotion to God was this amazing way of extending hospitality that was sacrificial, meant that they had to give something of themselves. The kind of hospitality that, that looks towards others before they look towards themselves. I am challenged by Tabitha and Burnell. These unsung heroes who love their community in such a way that they give themselves completely and fully. A devoted life that is lived out in such a way that it impacts more than one person, but an entire community. And so friends, I'm thinking that we have this perfect opportunity in front of us. We too live in a sort of food desert for some. We too live in an area that that jobs are going away. We too live in a place where if we open our eyes and our spirits, we will see those who long to be held in our love. We too can give of ourselves in a significant way. I wonder how we will sew the threads of hospitality in the coming days, probably the coming year. And this is what I know, as Luke says. When we do that, many will come to believe. May it be so. Amen.